Hello, everyone. This is Kim welcoming you to another episode of Music in the Minor Leagues. This week, we're joined by our friend, Tucker Hart. Tucker's a singer-songwriter and the founder of the League City Folk Association. He and his wife, Rachel, put it together to build a music community in their area. It has grown to be an event that attracts large audiences and sees the list full within minutes of it being posted. It was a bit of a rocky path that led Tucker to performing, so get ready for that story. Before we start, we have a few housekeeping items and updates on the band to get out of the way. First off, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend about it. That's the best way to help us grow our audience. Second... If you'd like the bands we're talking to or talking about, go follow them on your streaming network of choice and tell others about the music. That really helps us with finding new venues to play and reaching out to new audiences. Third, if you're interested in appearing on the podcast, hit us up and let us know. We'd really like to talk to you at some point. Finally, we have some shows coming up. On February 17th, we'll be at Shoeshine Charlie's Big Top Lounge in Houston, Texas with Grifters and Shills and Junebird. On February 25th, we'll be down in Galveston at Mod Coffee House with a duo show. We'd love to see you at either or both. Now we're going to kick it off with Tucker's song, The First Frost of El Paso, and then we'll get to our discussion. We hope you enjoy the episode. Doing 
Mr. Tucker Hart. Tucker, thanks for being here with us today. Absolutely, man. Thank you for having me. For those of y'all who don't know, Mr. Tucker Hart is a local singer, songwriter, the founder of the League City Folk Association, and, you know, just all around good dude, man. <laughs> well, thanks. We've been, we're fortunate <laughs> enough to meet Tucker. It's been over a year ago now. Oh, no, it was more than that. It was like coming right out of the pandemic. The first show I think we went to out of the pandemic was at Dan Electro's. Yeah, yeah. The one he played with Scotty, I think. Right. Yeah, Scotty and Two Fifths. Two Fifths. Mm hmm. It's when we were out testing how good those vaccinations really were. Right, <laughs> licking toilet seats and stuff. Right. <laughs> I think it's okay. <laughs> hey, we made it. If the yeah. vaccine goes through a, you know, you, you can lick that Dan Electro's toilet seat, you're all right, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nothing can hold me back now. <laughs> oh, God. The doctor's all like, man, it, it wasn't supposed to stop you from getting the clap from the toilet seat. <laughs> well, that explains the source. <laughs> it, was, it was just COVID. <laughs> Oh, my bad. My Things bad. that should have been in the pamphlet. That's on me. <laughs> That's on me. I'll take that L. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Doc. So we're, we'll kick it off with, uh, well, what? what you have oh, something? I was just saying we're only giggling because we've all had COVID and it was terrible. Oh, yeah. Good times. <laughs> yeah. You know, man, we did it. We lived life we to the fullest. Through. We experienced everything that could be experienced. At least we got it all like post-vaccination, so it wasn't like true. Thank goodness. All right, man. So there's that. All right. I'll kick it off. What got you into music? I know when you were younger, you said you played guitar and then yeah. kind of took a sabbatical from it and came back to it. But, you know, that's always my thing that I'm most excited about. Like, what made you fall in love with music? So, I mean, growing up, you know, grunge was king back in the 90s. And uh, I never knew that music could actually touch you on like on a, at the soul, you know, level until I started listening to like John Prine and Guy Clark. Nancy Griffith, Towns Van Zant, Blaze Foley. When I started listening to them and really digging deep uh, into their stuff, it opened up a whole different world for me. And so my dad always had this wonderful tradition on Saturday nights. After Saturday Night Live was over, or actually be at the start of when SNL kicked on, uh, he'd start barbecuing and it'd be done by the time of Austin City Limits. And so, <laughs> man, we'd we'd stay up late and he'd introduce me to more great music. And so that's, it's time. Yeah, I guess that's what I was going to ask. Your, did your parents introduce you to like John Prine? Yeah, and- yeah. So my, my mom and dad were and are uh, huge fans of Shake Russell. So they'd always... Uh. 
uh, meet him in there at the uh, jalapeno tree. And so, yeah, it was just that music was always flowing through our house. It's funny, man, because I remember Austin City Limits was a big place. We found a lot of music just hanging out with PBS on and be like, oh, who's this? Right, right. Like, oh, man, we'll listen to that. Yeah. There always seemed to be something late night because even there was one like the sound stages. There was one that. Uh, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, there used to be one, yeah. too, that came on after SNL for a while that John Hyatt was the host of. But now you have Texas Music comes on Texas after. Texas Music scene. Yeah, yeah it comes that's on. on now. Which is great, great way to find a lot yeah. of those people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how I found like Doug Somm and stuff like oh, that yeah. was just those late night reruns and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and then occasionally be a band that I knew coming through. Like I remember when like, Wilco did it and a few other people, Steve Earle. Mm. So it is, it's a good, good way to find some stuff. So I'm guessing that was probably what about the mid late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, I got married when I was 20 and, um, my wife was 19. So, you know, I was around during the start of all the, the emo stuff and, uh, you know, I had jet black hair and everything else. And <laughs> it was just kind of, wait, wait, wait. Tucker had an emo face. Oh yes. Made delete. <laughs> um, uh, we need to see pictures of that. If anyone can produce those, that would be greatly appreciated. Right? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you wouldn't know it today. So, uh, I set the guitar down for a long time and didn't even pick it up. I mean, didn't even really have a guitar in my house for decades. And well, did so, you play in a band when you were younger or just by yourself? Just by myself. Did you just, write songs or you just Just played? guitar. Okay. Just guitar. Yeah, I had a, a Jackson Charvel. Oh, <laughs> nice. Man. See, we yeah, everyone had those pointy headstock guitars back when we were kids. Yeah, man. One of my, my first real bike, second bass, I guess I had was Jackson. So Yeah. It's so you guys can all stab each other with them. I know that. It had yeah. to be something about it. I don't know, man. Like <laughs> you got to watch for your eyes on the head. You look like the dude from Anthrax. He had one of those. Oh, like, that's dude. cool, man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Heck yeah. So what made you put it down? Like, uh, just I got busy with life, and mm-hmm. you know, I just wasn't interested really in and making music. I just consumed it and mm-hmm. just kind of went on, you know, raising children and stuff. And we have three amazing daughters. How old is your oldest? Twenty. Okay, oh, wow. so seventeen. And then 13. Yeah. So I can imagine around that time you were pretty busy. Preoccupied. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't until after all this stuff happened and I was trying to think of a way to, uh, so for those who may, may not have heard October, 2011, I had what we understand as strep hit my spine and entered my brain. And at the same time I started having a heart attack <laughs> at work. They stopped it in the ambulance, but I started having really severe neurological problems and lost the ability to walk and was in a wheelchair for a year and had to teach myself how to walk again without physical therapy, which <laughs> really sucked. But uh, I didn't realize you didn't have physical <clears throat> therapy. Yeah. Wow. Well, the thing that, that really got me was the doctors couldn't understand to the extent of everything that was happening, but not one of them said, there's there's no hope of you walking again. So I, I just started with a kick in my feet in the wheelchair, going around circles and circles and moved from there to a four point walker and then to a cane. And I just did laps and circles every single day until my legs got stronger. This is your own physical therapy, huh? Yeah, yeah. And so I was a shut-in because the movement disorder was so bad and, you know, I couldn't feed myself and my wife had to change me and put me in the wheelchair and stuff. And so things got really, really difficult. But as a way to try to help move myself out of this hermit mentality and not want to go out or anywhere, I decided to start teaching free English classes. You know, what's better than trying to make your way up and then just jumping in front of people that you don't know and helping them learn English? So I thought... Well, you know, they'll, they'll be understanding because it's free. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I started doing that. And then um, my condition got worse and worse. So I was on 
a really strong medicine called Haldol for years. Oh, my gosh. And lost my mind. I mean, just lost my mind. But they were trying <coughs> everything they could. Yeah. And uh, But during that time, you know, they prescribed so much pain medicine. And uh, I wasn't taking it. And I was convinced that I was going to get poisoned. Or, I mean, I was completely out of my mind. So I hoarded bottles and bottles and bottles of, of painkillers. I mean, more than I knew... <laughs> So I decided, well, I want to turn him in the police department because that's what you have to do. And oh, I was like, right. oh, man, no way am I going to the cops. They're going to wonder, why do you have all these bottles? So I just stashed him. I mean, I had mm-hmm. so many bottles. Well, I stopped taking the Haldol and really just fell into myself with the amount of pain because the fibro is always and then scoliosis and everything else. And the seizures, I was having multiple seizures a week. I got hooked on the pain pills because mm-hmm. I just had bottles and bottles of it. And, you know, they say, well, it's good for, you know, Six months? No. <laughs> I'll tell you, those things last a long time, man. <laughs> and so for years, I was having, you know, hoarding these prescriptions of painkillers, and I started abusing them. And uh, so I guess Christmas of 2018, uh, I decided to try to use those pills as a, to, you know, escape this plane of existence. I'll say that in the, you know, for ears that are listening. Thank God it didn't work. Um, and I got the uh, the help that I needed. But man, my, my life was just in shambles. And, you know. Well, you had a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, I know you know know that but just from what you've mentioned just the seizures and the scoliosis Mm -hmm. you have neurological and movement problems that's one of those things right is a lot for somebody right yeah so i can understand that and i don't i like you decided that you weren't going to do it yeah i just i was just done and you know just yeah there's there wasn't anything you know that I mean, I love my wife and my kids, but, you know, as far as I just felt like I was a burden upon them and upon everyone else, you know, so I just, I was just done with it. So I got the counseling, a psychiatrist and a psychologist and a neurologist, mm-hmm. <laughs> massive team. It was wonderful people. And um, so I, I got the help that I needed from that and was able to to kick the pills. And shortly after that, alcohol came and took its place. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And which is a much easier to drug to get, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, you can mm-hmm. get anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, man, my, my life was just, I, I just had no bearing or no drive to do anything. And my, my buddy said, hey, man, I want you to come down and listen to this guy named Travis Meadows at Old Quarter. And I was like, Old Quarter? He said, yeah, it's in Galveston. I said, no, Old Quarter is up in, in Houston. He said, no, it's in Galveston. I was like, man, I'm so confused right now. <laughs> he said, just come along, man. You're going to like it. So I, I walked in there and I was like, well, yeah, there's a sign. I was like, oh, maybe they sold the name or something. And I walked in and, you know, there's pictures of Rex Bell and Towns Van Zandt and Blaze Foley. And I was like, holy smokes. You mean this to tell me this place. is this is the place? <laughs> and, you know, I'm not religious, you know, or even spiritual. But when people ask me where I go to church, I say Old Quarter. You know, <laughs> they say, well, is that Lutheran? It's, no, it's acoustic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, I love yeah. that. But, but uh, I think that's true. Like, we have felt that in the Old Quarter, definitely. And... There's only been one or two other places in the world, and I don't know if it's just because we have that that musical drive in us, mm-hmm. but I know when Sam took me to Sun Records. Oh, mercy. That yeah. place has an aura about it, let me just say. Uh, but the old quarter is the same. You walk in and it's like, oh, it's almost just like this kind of, it's like a church. You're right. Yeah. Like well, it's a hushed kind of. Yeah, a lot of beautiful, you know, inspirational things have happened there, and there's like yeah. that people around there it's like a place that kind of pushes you to be creative like you know it wasn't a place you walked into kind of has that feeling of just like dude like i'm here and i'm surrounded by all this stuff like we should make something happen 
And your friend that brought you, did he know you uh, were into music? You guys were into music yeah, together? Yeah, yeah. He's actually uh, the owner of the architecture firm that I work at. Okay. Rives Designers LLC in Friendswood. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, shout out to them. Because, uh, you know, he took he took me on and, uh, you know, I learned. So he drug you out to the old quarter first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I, I got to listen to Travis Meadows talk about writing music as a way of therapy and his struggles with addiction and is able to conquer that and, you know, just where his life came from. And man, talk about religious experience. I walk up and shook his hand. I said, Travis, I said, man, I'm forever changed at this point. I said, I will remember this night forever. And, you know, some people may say that, oh yeah, this was amazing. But from there on, I started writing music, but I, I couldn't, my arthritis was so bad in my hands that I couldn't even open it. So I couldn't do guitar. So my one of my daughters had a ukulele. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you know, chords are chords. So I started writing songs on ukulele and I, I didn't really know at all what I was doing. I just had so much emotions and I just started putting those down to lyrics and notes. And um, I started, you know, finding the right medicine for arthritis and all that. And my wife's uncle had a, a 74 Epiphone Texan. And he's like, hey, you want to buy this guitar? And I'm, I'm the only owner. And that's the one I'm using today. And I started writing songs on that. And I, the first place I ever played was Old Quarter. Uh, February 20th of 2020, and then the world went sideways. Oh, man. Yeah. Right before so. it, too, man. Right, <laughs> Golly. right. So how long was it between when you like walked into the old quarter and when you went and played a song at the old a quarter? Year. Just a year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. impressive. Thanks. Thanks. Dude, you are, when you are determined, you are determined. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't tell <laughs> this guy no. what I was listening to. You know, talked about the whole walk, relearning to walk thing. It's like guitar had to be like, oh, okay, this ain't bad at all. Right? <laughs> After having to learn to walk. Yeah, well, and plus imagine. it's the whole, because it is, it gets frustrating playing guitar or any instrument because it's baby steps. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you really just want to pick it up and be like, yeah. It's the it's the good and the bad of it. It's the one thing that it's difficult to pick up, but, but even when you get it down, you're, you're never going to master it. There's always right, something right. else to do. So yeah. that's the gift it just keeps giving absolutely you just keep having to get better at things but i think it's cool you had that drive i mean it shows just i mean leaps and bounds in the two probably two years yeah that we've been seeing you play almost that you know it's like everything's getting crisp and you know the songs are tight and up it sounds really good well, thanks man when sam and i were listening to the radio show the other day i just like man i love that song month of november so oh thank you i really do <laughs> it's yeah a beautiful song yeah so when you played at the old quarter did you play one of your songs i did, did you? i yeah. did because it was a songwriter night wow. so uh i started off with a song i wrote about kill bill uh, the movie of all things was his hounds of hell mm-hmm. and uh the song is about the bride's revenge so it's funny because my musical influences are so varied i mean like today i started off with leon redbone and then went to thundercat and then went to bad brains and then john prine guy clark and misfits and i listened to american psycho the entirety all the way here <laughs> so <laughs> solid yeah yeah so when i started writing songs initially i wanted to do a misfits type you know just kind of dark Mm-hmm. Maybe about some, you know, just those typical topics of like, you know, B movies, B horror movies, you know, yeah, that we grew up on and love. It'd be fun. Yeah. So I just, but when I picked up that guitar, these songs just came out, and so yeah, it's been been an awesome, awesome experience. It's been interesting being the instrument, huh? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was kind of funny. Like we uh, 
saw Brent Best a week or so, a couple weeks ago, and it was one of the things he talked about was not getting in the way of the song. Mm. It's like it's hard sometimes, like when you're playing, you're like everything's just kind of coming out, and you're working on the idea to not overthink it and get in the way of and kind of mess it up by like, oh, wait, wait, what about this? And it's like, just let it happen. Yeah. Just follow where it goes, and eventually the story makes sense. Or Right, right. And I, I don't think any, I think sometimes people get, well, I just got to finish this song. And I think sometimes songs need to go through a process I call marinating, right? You put it in the bag and put it in the back of the refrigerator, let it sit for a little bit and revisit it. And you know, sometimes those are the best songs, you know, when you come back to a song that, you know, you wrote years ago and like, hey, you know what? This makes more sense to me now. So I didn't know what I was writing that song about now, but I do. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, yeah, no. sometimes you're just, you're just too close to it at that time. Yeah. That you don't yeah. see the forest for the trees. And so you have to back away from it. And then it's like, okay, yeah. makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. We were listening, like I say, one of the work. I think I mentioned this in the first episode. We were watching a, or listening to one of the working songwriter episodes with John Moreland. He was talking about it. So I was like, yeah, I was on stage like four years later. And I was like, oh, wait, like that's what this is about. Where he finally, wow. like his brain clicked, like that's what this line, like this part's about. Okay. He's like, where it suddenly meant more to me because it was like, oh, okay, that's what I was talking about. Like, mm-hmm. wow. I didn't really didn't realize that at the time. Right, it's funny right. how your subconscious brings these things out. Then you're like, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. I've had some major life epiphanies in songs that I've wrote, mm. <laughs> not even knowing what I'm writing and then going back and listening to it like a year later and realizing, oh, I didn't write this song about that person. This song is about me. Oh, oh yeah. God. So you thought it was a diss track and it wasn't. I did. Personal. <laughs> I dissed myself. A lot of times it's hard too. Like for me personally, like I'm kind of a control freak when it comes to things. Like this is it. This is how we're doing it. This is the method. Mm. And like I want to get it done like very systematically. And it's songwriting to one place like that doesn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And it's like I have to just kind of get that out. Like, okay, just usually it's I always say the second rule of IT. The first rule is off and on. Second rules give up, and the moment you give up, it'll just start working. So it's kind of like that. You just have to give right. up on, like, I can't force this thing to do it. And it's like, now it works. And it's like, cool, man. Once I step back and stop being all <laughs> uptight about it and just let loosened up and let it flow. Yeah. Yeah. So you started playing, you played a songwriter night at the old quarter and yeah. decided you had to do that again? Yeah. Yeah. From, from <laughs> there, I mean, it was just, I, I don't know. It's just, I started writing and. I was able to heal more from that than anything else. And uh, I'm also proud to say January 21st, I'll be one year sober. Congratulations, so, man. Congratulations, Thank you, man. Thank you. And, and just, just on that note, folks uh, who are listening, uh, if you're struggling with addiction, asking for help is not weakness. That's actually the most, uh, the, the strength that it takes to ask for help is is immense. And uh, you can't do it on your own. Uh, I'll just tell you that much. Uh, don't don't try to do it on your own because it's just going to be a, a spiral of failure. <laughs> yep. So reach out for help. Get the help that you need so you can uh, live the life that you want to live. Yeah, it's a recurring theme in a lot of our music because, you know, I come from a long line of people with addiction issues. And it, it is, man. You got you know, it's okay to lean on your community and everyone yeah. come together. And it's good, though, man, especially when you surround yourself with people who know that it's like Tucker's here, don't, you know, or insert other friend. It's good yeah. never to push people and kind of give people their space if they need it. Absolutely. Not everyone's rides the same. It's like some people can handle things, other people can't. And yeah. when you start looking at it, everybody's got their addictions to something. That's true. That's true. Some are more are more functional than others. Right. But to move on, man, you know, one of the things you talked about teaching people English, and then once you yeah. got the music thing going, you 
turn that into another way to help out your community. Yeah, yeah. So my wife and I started the League City Folk Association as a way to just bring community together through the sharing of song and story. And so uh, we we started that in February. And, you know, thanks to Brightwire, one of the first to step up and say, hey, we'll be there for you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, dude, that was a lot of fun. It, yeah. We have yeah. fun every time we go. Um, and just like seeing other people in the community who also write or play. and yeah. Yeah, it's become another family. Yeah. There's all these amazing people and our audience, man, I got to tell you, we're, we're, we're outside, but you know, we, we have all these people that attend, but it becomes an outdoor listening room and they did that on their own. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're super respectful of the artists that go up there. They're engaged. You're right. It's really quiet there when people are performing yeah. and we're outside. Like they don't have to be. Yeah. You know, a hundred, 150 people. Yeah. And they're listening and it's like, man, and that's just, just the great people that we have to come out and listen in our community. So, well, and I'm sure they're excited to have something that's not, they don't have to drive into Houston for right. or Clear Lake. And it's right there in the middle of everything. Yeah. Okay. That was the coolest thing for me going is you start seeing everybody walking out of the neighborhood, carrying lawn chairs and stuff. And it's like, like this is the entire neighborhood. It's just like, oh, this is happening like right. down the block. Let's go. Yeah. And so it's somewhere like the entire community gets kind of fired up over. And it's like, let's go down, man. Let's listen to the music and see everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we, we started um, started up with just the idea of trying to bring more awareness to the history of League City. And we partnered up with the uh, League City Historical Society. And, and just, man, things just, just grew and grew. And so it's just amazing how it all developed. Yeah. You do that like once a month, right? Yeah. Last Friday of every month, uh, the first Friday uh, of every month at 6 p.m., the uh, sign-up sheet drops digitally on our Facebook page for anyone interested in signing nice. up. Yeah, so anyone in our area, keep an eye out, man. It's really cool. I mean, it's such a good idea that we kind of hijacked it for Baytown, where it was like, man, we really do need to get back. So I used to run an open mic for years at Court Grinders, a place here that shut down. Mm. Now we do it every other week, but they were like, man, it'd be really good because we don't have anything like that here. Like it's weird how everything happens in the city. And then once you get out to the periphery, like the suburbs or small communities outside of downtown and I guess outside of the loop, it gets very sparse as far as mm-hmm. venues and things like that. So it's a good way to get people out together because every little area has got people who play. Right, right. And a lot of them just don't have an opportunity, you know, kind of the same thing. You know, where yeah. can I go out and do it? Cause, I mean, even for you, you know, it's driving to Galveston, which is, even from sure your location, 30 minutes, 40 yeah. minutes. At least. So it's good that people have an outlet that's like right there. Yeah. And, and um, both of our events, when you started in Baytown and Lee City, they're both family friendly, which is really difficult to find. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of our deal. I mean, when I did the Opine Corgar, it was a bar, you know, wine bar or something. So we let things get, but we got early. We tried to keep it a little. Plus, we wanted to make sure that kids had a place to come play, too. Right, like young right. folks. Because, right. you know, I mean, when I was a kid, it was hard. If you weren't 21, you're bringing a bunch of drinkies. Like, it was really hard to find a place to play. I think the only place we could play in Galveston County back in the day was Club 9406. It was like this all-ages, weird, creepy. Like, looking back now, <laughs> I was like, hmm. This is very predatory feeling, <laughs> like, but it was cool. It was a place you know you could be under eighteen, you could play shows and stuff like that. But it was it was like you know, like I don't know one bad spark away from like a bonfire. Yeah. Oh wow, you know, kind of it too. There was a place called the Harbor here that did that. They did shows on the weekends. It was all ages. But even like say court grinders tried to do that too early on, like early in the night would be like okay this is like all ages here then after yeah. a certain time it was nothing anyone was doing anything like they weren't getting too crazy when like two live crew or anything moved in <laughs> right it was just you know cursing your songs more in the evening yeah right when we've met some really i mean i don't know i'm sure this is the case for you but since we've 
have been doing the open mic thing here in Baytown, we met a lot of people who are into music that we didn't know were into music here in town. Mm-hmm. You know, we've actually gotten a couple kids who are who rap. Like they'll send us tracks and come oh, out nice. and rap. They've got like little fan clubs that bring out. Hey. It's, oh, it's yeah. great. That's Speaking really of cool. which, um, at the Baytown parade, the Christmas parade they just had, mm-hmm. our boy Nolan was in the parade. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. him and mine kind of. Nice. Yeah. They had us afloat. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty awesome. I was like, I know that guy. Know you. <laughs> That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, but so you've been, been cool. able to do the same, like have a place for people in your community to come yeah do whatever and you i watch you you are so busy when you're out there and setting up people's instruments and making sure everything's perfect for them so yeah it's just you know anyone who volunteers time to come out and sing for us i just want to try to make sure that they sound as good as possible so if if i'm not doing my job out there of (laughs) get things right you know it's well, we went out there first thing, and you got it right first time oh, thanks. around. So. <laughs> like Otis Gibbs says, I have no idea what I'm doing, but decided to do it anyway. So it's, right. you know, it's just kind of my motto of going out on two. But it's a good thing. I mean, anyone who starts out playing music, that first time you hear yourself like in like a decent monitor, decent sound, mm. you're like, oh, wow, like I actually sound good. I yeah. might be okay. Instead of just like I'm playing <laughs> into a room with nothing, and you're like, I don't know how I sound. That moment you get something back, and you're like, okay, this sounds for real. Right. Yeah, like the first time you play a show with monitors, you're like, what? Whoa. Yeah. This is how it's supposed <laughs> to be. You're like inspirational moments. You're like, dude, I can, okay. I can do this I now. I sound that bad. Yeah. yeah. Instead yeah. of having to hope that someone had like a cell phone video. Like, how did I sound? <laughs> oh, the cell phone videos. <laughs> like, it sounded rough, but no, it sounded great. <laughs> like 18P. Right. <laughs> it, it's good. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My mom brought her handy cam. Looks right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> looks like Minecraft. Oh, right. man. <laughs> Oh, man, that was the jam. <laughs> oh, man. Where everything has that weird, like, sounds almost like a change machine, like, ring, <laughs> Oh, man, good times. Uh, well, so you do that. You do your your local uh, monthly open mic with the League City Folk Association. Mm-hmm. You also play shows. Yeah. Around yeah. town, right? And you yeah. also help raise right. money for nursing homes. Yeah, yeah. You know, after the the world went sideways, I was trying to figure out. You know, as strange as this this sounds, my biggest dream was just running around playing sh- uh, free shows for nursing homes. And uh, COVID shut that down pretty fast. So I thought, well, what can I do in the meantime? And as the late John Prine wrote, "Say hello in there." So I started my YouTube channel under my name Tucker Hart, and uh, with the idea of recording, you know classic country and western from 1940s to 1970s and just making videos that facilities can show to the residents you know just as a way of me kind of saying hi mm-hmm. and then i started playing zoom call you know, zoom shows until it was safe to get back mm-hmm. and so everything i make off the youtube channel i donate to nursing homes and we've donated a, a video projection system for orchard park and a screen for orchard park as well and a, a sound system for wind song and uh, actually sunday just drove up to spring for a free show up for a um, memory care and nursing home up there and uh man it was just it was beautiful it was beautiful can i ask do you have like a special connection to nursing homes or is it just something that's always been in your heart yeah well when i was probably 13 i was part of a church and we came in and sang christmas carols for a, a nursing home yeah and we, were doing we that? Yeah. sucked <laughs> it was horrible you were not alone we all oh <laughs> It was like, yeah, we've all been there. Yeah, a, a gang of cats fighting in a trash bag, <laughs> and but the residents enjoyed it so much, and like that, that really touched me. Like I, I would have booed us off the stage. It was just, you know, yeah. but you know, at fourteen, just like yeah, they, they don't want us here. But just that we were able to shine a little bit of light and laughter 
in that moment got me to thinking, you know, hey, it's it doesn't take anything to volunteer, just a little bit of time and uh, just bring some happiness and joy to these people. So that's really what I've been pushing for. Okay. And the, the most amazing thing is like seeing someone who's nonverbal, you know, at a nursing home, not saying anything. When you start that music up from the 60s, you play, start playing Elvis or uh, anyone from that era, they start mouthing along the words. And uh, man, there's, there's, there's one time I was, I was bawling. I was like, man, just stop, just stop crying. You know, it's just like, I just, you know, act like it was sweat or something. But that, that touched me so much. I'm like, all right, this is what I want to do. This, yeah. you know, just for that one moment of clarity in her mind that she was able to look up and just mouth the words like, okay, this, that, that lit a fire under me to start doing that. Music is incredibly powerful. I don't, oh. it's a different language and your brain, a different part of your brain, mm-hmm. you know, is, is attached to, to that musical language. So, right. I think sometimes when we, you know, we have people with Alzheimer's or memory care issues mm-hmm. or even physical issues, music is is a huge outlet that they do not get inside of one of those facilities. Right. You know, they're if they're especially if they're bed bound. Right. So I think right. that, and I know that a lot of people focus on visiting nursing homes like during the holidays. Yeah. But you do that all year round. Yeah. 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 And, and try to make sure that they have equipment so that they can participate in, in any kind of media when you're not there. Right. 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 It's just for any life enrichment programs, you know, whatever mm-hmm. they need. So, you know, YouTube has that. You have to hit a thousand subscribers to really start getting in those pennies, mm-hmm. you know, and nickels from your videos. So I'm pretty close, but, uh, you know, subscribing and watching videos. It's all free and it all goes to help some great people. So. Yeah. So if, you, if you're if you on YouTube, check out Tucker Hart, H-A-R-T. Yeah, H-A-R-T. And follow that. I, I checked the other day just to make sure I was following you and I oh, am. Oh, solid. So, Appreciate yeah. that. You're around 700 viewers. That's, I think that's more followers than we have. Oh, awesome. God. 700 more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <so>. Way more. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Jeez. We don't really concentrate on promoting the YouTube. <laughs> I know, see about that. We, yeah, we we've, we're doing good for a while, then we abandoned it. Well, I'm a subscriber for y'all. Oh, <laughs> we appreciate thanks. that. One day Absolutely. something will so pop many things up. you got to focus on, you know. Yeah, you start putting this on there. We'll put cameras here, it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a Patreon. Run this off. You be like, I, I like that podcast. So I could see them. Then I was like, whoa. <laughs> right. Then we start the Brightwire's Only Fan page. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're not having an OnlyFans, you guys. He's kidding. (laughs) Are we? If you're into the overweight and under-endowed, we're the the place for you. The bears. OnlyFans is Kim and the Dancing Bears. There you go. So I just, I'm going to come back to this because I keep thinking it in my head. I can't believe that you've gone from like just picking up a guitar to doing all of this in two years. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you've been working this whole time, right? You've been working yeah, pretty yeah. much this whole and time raising as kids. well. Yeah. And raising children. Yeah. So I don't know, it's 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 just really crazy how this all shook out. So Yeah. You live in your know. best life. I just <laughs> really yeah. If there's one thing I've learned from just short time I've known Tucker, he's a very determined and driven person. Well, thank you. You gotta be in music, man. You get your mm. doors slammed in your face so often it's not even funny. You gotta be persistent. Yeah. Yeah. I think good deeds come back to you, man. You do all these things. You build. It's always liked about like punk bands and stuff growing up and growing up around those kind of scene. What even necessarily that the style of music, it was the, if we don't have a place to go do what we're doing, we'll create our own scene. That's it. Create our own community and we'll make our music our way. And eventually like-minded people will find their way to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Tucker's <laughs> doing a good job of just creating 
yeah that community well thank you well, I feel pretty lucky that we ran into you when we did because it was an immediate connect. I don't know about oh, for yeah, you, it was. but for us, it was. it was immediate. I was like, oh, he's, whoa. Well, I mean, I'm, it might be the voice a little bit. Well, <laughs> I was I was slightly impressed by your voice at first, and then, well, the, but then talking to you. Well, thank you. I mean, yeah. same for y'all. I mean, just the, the way that y'all promote people and just go out to their shows and uh, the, the level of support that y'all have for, for others in the industry is like, man, it's, that's amazing. We are trying to build a community. I mean, it was nothing. I've said this before, but I know when I first started singing with Sam, Mm. I wasn't really in a band ever before this. But every person that I've met in music through Sam has treated me like I belong here. Wow. Not, who are you again? Mm. What what are your qualifications? I mean, in every friend group I've ever met, it's been like that. It's kind of clicky. And with music, everyone has just open arms. I've never felt so accepted in my life. So, yeah, the music community is our good family. We love them. <laughs> oh, I had a I had a merch idea for you guys. Oh yeah. Just just for the holidays, maybe like, you know, 23 or something. What about Health on the Shelf? Like my Instagram name? That's his Instagram name. No, no yes, joke. Sir. Yes, sir, it is. It is. <laughs> wow. Well, I was just thinking, you know, you could do some limited models we could. for And Health is he might actually do something artistic related for the band if he's the in it if he's the subject of it maybe um, i think i did it for you for the summer tour i did, did. I, did. Yes, I did that did. i was always you like that's oh let me Instagram. call dan <laughs> yeah that's my no, Instagram man. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well could sculpt like a little one and then we could just cast it and make like a little bobblehead or something yeah that'd be fine we can do that we can make that happen I, i'd love to see what troubles you get into oh, oh yeah. believe me a lot <laughs> i mean we made a baxter shirt we should do a health on the shelf shirt I mean, I can, I can, I can dress up in the outfit if you just need photos of it. I'm sure for your OnlyFans. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Duh. That's definitely deep fetish photography, right? right. That's like the last page, like link. <laughs> You've made oh. it this far. Might as well keep going. Right. <laughs> Further down the spiral. Be shameless. Oh my! Just gosh. when you hit rock bottom, you dig a little deeper. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so you have written many many songs yeah yeah have you recorded any 76 76 songs wow yeah so real quick i'm gonna ask do you know charles bryant have you ever met charles bryant no i haven't okay y'all need to like need to hang out charles a friend of ours and we're for another person we're fortunate to be friends with it's just an amazing musician oh wow and next time he's playing i'll drag you out gorophobic didn't Mm. leave his house for years after injuries and like illness due out in the plants Oh. Started writing all these songs, same deal, went to the Mucky Duck open mic, started playing there. Oh, wow. Same thing, played nursing homes, did a bunch no of stuff. No Yeah. And it's just like wildly amazing. And you're just like, <laughs> that's wow. amazing. So yeah. the whole time you're talking, I'm like, man, like this is, there's some parallel. Eventually we'll get Charles in here because he's an amazing songwriter. Wow, man. In his own right. But yeah, so it's kind of cool. Just to keep hearing that. I'm like, man, there's a lot of parallels to Charles. Yeah, and he's close by. He's in Pasadena. <coughs> oh, is not he? far at all. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to meet him. Bring it back to the things. Yeah, as Kim was saying, I do, I've do. i seen hints online of Tucker Hart recordings. In the, I mean, I saw one yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a new album coming out in uh, fall. Uh, awesome. Jim Duff is coming out from Kentucky to... Uh, to record that and produce it for me. And yeah, so, I mean, it can be overwhelming when you try to decide, you know, to, to put stuff out online. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you hear in the business, oh, you have to have this level of production or you have to have this studio record even a single to put on. Mm-hmm. Well, the the fact of it is anyone can do it. You know, 
anyone can get your stuff on Spotify or Apple or anything like that. And, uh, you know, just dear listener, if you're wanting to put something on there, it is actually not that hard. My first song I wrote, Population One, is uh, about the Centralia fires in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. I don't know if y'all have heard about that story. So in the 1960s, there was a big coal mine in Centralia, Pennsylvania, and they it went all through snake tunnels and coal mine for years. Well, then it shut down. They didn't cap off the mine. They started using it as a trash fill. And they just, the trash caught fire, oh, unfortunately, no. and went underneath that town. Oh, my God. And so it's been burning for 60 years, and they, they wow. think it's going to burn for another 250. Good God. And so most of the population, they claimed eminent domain. As of 2020, there's only five people left in that town. Wow. And so I wrote Population One in the the perspective of the last person that's going to be there one day, still trying to keep things going. Mm -hmm. But I wrote that song on ukulele. I recorded it. I recorded it on an amazing uh, iPhone 7, maybe a 6, right? Ooh, man. Uh, And my studio was inside of my car. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I just sang in there. I didn't even have a way to fade it. I just slowly backed away from the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So, and then, so I was like, well, I want to put this on Spotify. Well, you know, how do I do that? So it's, so I need a picture because I don't want to use like, you know, copyrighted stuff. So I just went outside, snapped a picture of a pine tree in the moon, put that on there and just good to go. <laughs> they didn't even kick back the set. They kicked back the JPEG because it wasn't, the pixels weren't good enough. Mm. So I just upped it and send it back through and boom, it was on there. Okay. So, and I, I copyrighted all my songs. Mm-hmm. That that process, it's just as easy. So, you know, I just want to encourage people, hey, if you want to get something out there, don't feel like you need several thousand dollars of production into it. I mean, I literally just had a phone inside of my car and my song went on Spotify, so. <laughs> One of my favorite albums is, is literally, this gentleman recorded it in his kitchen and you can hear oh, wow. the creaking of the chair. As he's moving around and playing. Wow. You know, but it, it to me, it feels like a window into like that guy, what that guy was doing right then. Mm. Like, I like that. Yeah. I like when there's an atmosphere in a song. Yeah, Shane's good about that. Shane Sweeney from That's from the Two album Cal I was talking about. Okay, yeah, you're mm. talking about the Finding Time. Yeah. Yeah, great record. Yeah, same deal. You're just like, there's songs where it's all super cavernous sounding. It's like, I'm going to record this like in the bathroom or whatever. It's like, and it does. It sounds exactly like that's what these songs sound like. Yeah. Mm. And when he plays the piano, it's not It's not a keyboard. Like you can hear, Oh wow. you know, the, the ring the of the piano. And and yeah, wow. I love that. Wow. Well, I mean, it's the song. I mean, it's always and been the songs that I like that with acoustic that guitars. It. Yeah. yeah. You know, like we brought up, I think the other day with John and them was like the, you know, one of my favorite quotes was Buzz Osborne from the Melvin said, you know, it's the songs that do it. Like Jimi Hendrix had recorded into a boom box. People would still be listening to it today. Absolutely. Like it would still blow people away. And he's like, it doesn't, you have all this great production, but old seventies records sound cool because you have all these mics, these people playing at the same time, all this bleeds, what makes them sound so much bigger and less sterile. Right. I think it's a lot of it, man. It's not, there reaches a point where you get so distilled down there's no character left yeah totally they're so clean mm-hmm. not that we do anything like that you know <laughs> <laughs> so many overdubs all right well you know all the overdubs dubs dubs <laughs> but dubs. to me it just makes sense to play live that's just me but no it does it does very well if you're able to do it yeah that's it's pretty true. cool it's pretty rad well anybody you get on our podcast is going to be able to do it live <laughs> <laughs> yeah and show up and do it right so you're going to be recording a new album this is it this summer or this, this fall fall okay yeah yeah so my 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 first album that i did we did it one day i think it was seven hours 
Wow. And I had no idea what I was doing. Chris Rives was amazing and sat down with me. He's like, okay, this is called the tempo. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I literally, I mean, I just thought you'd just go in there and sing and play and boom, you're done. And uh, man, I had no clue, but man, he, he was a champ in that. And one day, seven hours-ish, we got it done and he produced it and put it out there. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, nice. you know, you talk about listening to Bad Brains on the way in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's fun going through all the little punk bands of like, you know, Circle Jerks, like Group Sex, like huge records. Like we recorded on these two days and like all of that, they would just go in and knock stuff out like that. Yeah. So a lot of times having too much times can be detrimental. That's true. You start second guessing yourself. Time just make it happen and move on. Yeah. To the yeah. next project. And it seems like the more takes you do of it, you lose more of that magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, man, you know, I'm on take 12 and- Take two is actually the golden one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, when we did the last Brightwire EP, like, it was only, like, what, three, four takes for each song, maybe? Yeah. Oh, that's Yeah, nice. even doing the bass tracking wasn't very much. Yeah. Also, got so much, I got way better at drums between the two. and Noticeably better. So it was like, oh, man, I just did that, like, in two takes. Yeah, there were mm. no breakdowns or <laughs> throwing of drumsticks this time. <laughs> no tantrums. <laughs> So you guys are getting started on another album, right? Oh, we might. We might start recording um, like another EP. Nice. This, this coming it, it's year. It's hard for me because I'm so OCD about things that it's like nothing else exists in life. Like, that means that uh, I don't do anything for the month or two that we're working on stuff. Right, right. Like I'm staying up way too late, getting up way too early. Yeah, I wake up in the morning and I've got inbox messages. Check this mix out. And then it's like the next email, forget that last mix. This mix is sweet. And then like, you know, at 3 a.m. Never mind, dude. (laughs) Disregard the last two. It's all garbage. I'm garbage. I'm going to bed. (laughs) Four o'clock. All right, look, I had one more try. I think this is the one. I had to call in sick, which no, I wouldn't call in sick. Like now I'm at work like this. It's probably days they like me or I'm quieter. I'm just like, want want to die. (laughs) But it's great, man. It's good to get in document where you're at at that time. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how my way I've always dealt with my shortcomings. This is the document of where we are today. And, you know. Hopefully, if if I do it right, the next one will be way better. The next one after mm. that will be way better. And eventually, it's just, we're just going to keep getting better and make these really cool things. Absolutely. That is the plan. Well, man, getting pretty late. Anything you'd like to add or anything you want else you would like to talk about or anything you want to plug while you're here? Uh, no, I, th- I think we pretty much plugged anything. I'm I'm always looking for new places to play. Also, if any nursing homes want a, a free show, hit me up at Tucker Heart Music at gmail.com and uh, I'll see how to get you booked for a free one hour show I never charge for nursing homes or uh, assisted living facilities so yeah I'll, I'll bring all my music out and uh, PA and everything set it up play for your residents and uh, won't cost you a penny but you can pay them in applesauce that'd be nice <laughs> <laughs> they just have the good applesauce I'm sorry like, I'm, not li- I'm not lying it's just cinnamon applesauce it's so good <laughs> can't go wrong what you know man you gotta have your motivations <laughs> I'm just it. saying <laughs> Else good any place we travel. This is what's good to eat here. He yeah. always knows like the regional food specialties wherever we go. Oh, that's super helpful. Heck yeah. I gotta have I don't drink, so I gotta have something to do. I got the runza. <laughs> oh man. I'm still processing that six months later. Yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> there. That thing does not runza at all. Mm-hmm. I spent an hour in the bathroom right after I ate it. It was not cool. Oh. Like immediately. Good. You didn't even make it, it out of the not, building. No. I oh, was like, I have no. to go to the bathroom now. Thanks, health. I had to cut this because we don't want to lose our possible runza sponsorship. <laughs> sure, we can talk about the runza stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they were great. 
<laughs> I love cabbage and beef. <laughs> so do you always do nursing home shows on Sundays? Uh, Wednesdays. Oh, Wednesdays. Okay. Yeah. Why yeah. Wednesdays? Because uh, that's my day off. Oh, okay. So Wait, I just, you have a day off in the middle of the week? Yeah. yeah I'm, well, I'm, I'm contracted, so I just, oh, you know. Nice. So I just kind of make my own schedule on that, but. Nice. Yeah. So. Okay. You know, usually with, with shows and stuff on Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm you know batten down and get out to play shows and sunday just kind of get ready for the week again so. gotcha okay nice. well i had saw that one of them was on a sunday so i this didn't last know you always was. did them on sunday yeah or? i just they, it was just a special occasion gotcha. so trying to figure out we, if we could fit that in that would be fun to do oh man oh it's a blast come share your time yeah oh be a blast. absolutely yeah. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. You know, I just invite oh, myself places fun. all the time. <laughs> Tag along. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll have, I'll have the sound set up and everything, so all you have to do is plug in and play. It'd be fun. We haven't played a show together in a while. We could make that oh, happen. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was the last time we played with him was what? The uh, open mic? Yep. Yeah, I guess it Baytown, was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Before that was the uh, Bohemio show. Yep. Right, right, right. Yeah, we've been all pretty. It was just weird. Like last fall booked itself. Like, I don't think we booked anything. It was all like, we all play this show. We all play this. Like, okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there. Sure. That's such a cool feeling when people are reaching out to you. It is. And it's weird. Cause you feel kind of like a jerk. Everyone's like, dude, what about us? Like, Sorry, dude. Like we was in our show. They asked us. Yeah. I feel so <laughs> bad when I have to say no. Yeah. Uh, but you know. Yeah. I mean, you're already booked. So. Right. Well, all right, man. Thanks for coming through. Absolutely, man. Look out there. We'll Thank see you. You know, chances are the way things keep going, new record come out, we'll see you again in the fall. Absolutely. Talk to yeah. you then. Yeah. Thank you all for having me out. It was fun. All right. Be sure to check out Tucker Heart Music. Later. Bye. Toodles. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of Music in the Minor League. If you like what you heard, please share the podcast with a friend. That's the best way for us to reach new listeners. If you enjoy listening to Tucker and want to check out more of his music, please follow him everywhere you can online. And make sure you go to that YouTube channel so he can make more money for senior living facilities. Now we're going to leave you with a song from his recent KPFT appearance. This song is called A Month of Novembers, and we will see you next time. train whistles blowing and I gotta get my mind off of you so I packed my bags this morning set off to see what I could do well I hopped a car didn't go very far till my mind brought me back to you now it's felt like a month of November's and I don't know what Boomerang is thrown I'll keep her coming back To you Sometimes the wind May take me But my heart knows what To do I'll keep her coming Back to you I'll keep her running Back to you 
Well, the fire in my heart is out Can only be lit by you Tried the trappings of this world Not a one of them could do Long for the times the memories made When I was deep inside your arms Miss the way your hair would fall in locks Your smile and your charm It's like a boomerang is thrown I keep a coming back to you Sometimes the wind may take me But my heart knows what to do I keep a coming back to you I'll keep her running back to you. Looking for happiness on the road and in the bars. Done with the long and lonely nights spent under the moon and the stars. Home is where the heart is. I ain't home till I'm with you. Straight in my rambling ways for a lifetime spent loving. Coming back to you Sometimes the wind may take me But my heart knows what to do I keep coming Back to you I'll keep running 